everybody. Welcome into the back room. I'm Andy Ostroy. It is always a great day when Kara Swisher comes into the back room. We will talk with Kara in just a second. But first, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you listening. And we'd love to hear your comments. So email us at backroomandy at gmail.com and or post on our social media. And we'll read some feedback next time. And if you like the podcast, please follow or subscribe and rate and review. And you'll be notified every time we post a new episode. So, Kara Swisher, she is the host of the podcast On with Kara Swisher and the co-host of the Pivot podcast with Scott Galloway. Both are distributed by New York Magazine. She's also a regular panelist on CNN's The Chris Wallace Show, and she was the co-founder and editor-at-large of Recode and host of the Recode Decode podcast and co-executive producer of the Code Conference. She was a former contributing opinion writer for The New York Times and host of its Sway podcast and has also worked for The Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post. Burn Book is her third book, and it is out tomorrow, Tuesday, February 27th. Carol, welcome back into the back room. Thank you. I love the back room. Back room is where everything happens. It is. It is. Good and bad, from what I understand. I never get in back rooms. We won't so, tell you, know, you about the bad stuff, though. Oh, all right. Okay. And there's all some right. really bad stuff that goes on in here. I, I'm, I'm assuming. So you have a, a busy couple of weeks coming up. Uh, Burn Book I do. is coming mm-hmm. out tomorrow. Tuesday, February 27th, it, it's released. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. Yeah. And I got to say, I love this book. Um, it's you. juicy. It's insightful, very personally revealing. And the, I guess the Thank best you. testimonial I could give for it is that I banged through it in a day, which for that me- That was the goal. Which for me is like building a house in a day because I am the slowest reader. Uh, so kudos, yeah. kudos yeah. on that. Thank you. I, I wanted to make it easy to read. I know I'm not dumb to read, but fast. And I, one of the things that if you can come away and read this book and be like, oh, interesting history of the early Internet to today and some warnings. Right. And but I wanted to make it so that it wasn't I didn't get bogged down in technical and too much. I know it sounds detailed. Sometimes mm-hmm. when you tech writers write books, you're like, do I really need to know exactly every step it took to make that code? They're not storytellers. And so I was going for a story versus you know, a, a con- let me make one observation. When I wrote my first book, I was very young. It was on AOL and I got very frustrated. And at one point I was literally on the floor rolling around because there was too much information, right? I didn't know how to put it together or shape it. And I called a friend of mine and I was really like just not experienced. And they happened to write crime, true crime books, right? They were a crime reporter for one of the newspapers and were really good at those. And I said, what am I going to do? Like, you've written books. What am I going to do? And they said, Kara, it's not um, it's not the entire story of AOL. It's your story. And I was like, oh, okay. And mm-hmm. it stuck with me my whole life in terms of all of journalism. It's my, what I'm, this is my story, not the whole story. That's that right. And it's, and it's, that comes through in the book because the book is not just about tech. It's not just about the tech bros. Although mm-hmm. that stuff is great. It's also about you. And, and yeah. who you are and where you came from. And you talk about your strengths, your weaknesses. Um, you know, you're self-deprecating. You, you say that you're not somebody who apologizes a lot. Uh, you refer to the obnoxiousness, persnicketiness, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. a distaste for lies, uh, which you mm-hmm. say is a proclivity really to call it. out. You uh, have a proclivity to call out nonsense, no matter the power of the person uttering. In fact, especially if the person is very powerful. But I want to ask you, like, do you think being a great interviewer, like in order to get to the heart of your subjects and what makes them tick, how important do you think it is to be incredibly aware of who you are as the interviewer? You know, I think it's very important. I think you have to one of the things that I've noticed of successful people and I've studied them over the years. You know, Mm -hmm. I think I'm very successful. Um, 
uh, is that they tend to be the genuine selves. If that makes sense, mm -hmm. right? They, they're the, they're who they are, and it's really um, and it's not it's the hardest thing to do, right? To be who you are because you tend to edit yourself mm -hmm. for everybody in life, whether it's a partner, whether it's for work, or you don't say what you really think, right? And 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 I think people who do that are just simply not as successful. I think mm -hmm. the pe and I don't mean saying everything that's on your fucking mind, right? Because mm -hmm. that's unfortunately a disease too. Like some things, keep it to yourself, pal. And I think you know, there's a lot of people we could say that about these mm -hmm. days. Um, uh, and there's a real there. It's sort of gone the opposite way. But I do think people have to be have to be doing what's their genuine self, and also have to be expressing themselves as their general self, whether for, without fear or favor, right? That mm -hmm. like, this is what I think. I think what you have to guard against is being needlessly cruel or, or, or doing it because of your ego, right? Mm -hmm. Doing it because you need to be heard over people. Mm -hmm. um, I think you say your piece and you get out kind mm -hmm. of thing is how I look at it. And I don't think anybody is served by one of the things I always say when I do interviews is I don't care if I ever talk to them again. And it doesn't mean I don't want to talk to them again. It mm -hmm. means I don't conduct an interview to, for my next one. And I think a lot of, I would say a lot of, not every journalist, but too many do mm -hmm. that. Well, in the book, you talk about that. You say that your success as an interviewer hinges on three goals, one of which is to make it a conversation and then also mm -hmm. to not be afraid to ask the questions that everyone is thinking mm -hmm. and perhaps others are afraid to ask. But mm -hmm. to your point, to conduct each discussion as if you're never going to interview that person again, which I guess gives Correct. you a sense yeah. of power and you know liberty in a way that you're going to ask the things that have to be asked and not be like mm -hmm. you know perhaps CNN or MSNBC who needs them back in two days. Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean. Yeah, yeah. I watch a lot of interviews. I was watching you know one that got criticism recently. Kristen Welker didn't ask, and she said it was a mistake. Mm -hmm. uh, where where uh, Elise Stefanik is really a piece of work mm -hmm. um, uh, and fascinating in her relentless aggressive uh need to need to suck up to people um uh and and her ambition is really quite something else um uh where she where she said january 6th people were hostages and she didn't say mm -hmm. a word i mm -hmm. just couldn't i when i saw it i was like right what like in that instance i i, I literally would have gone excuse me what did you just say i wouldn't have let her move on until right. that was answered mm -hmm. well i think they're hostages well they're not they're in courts like what are you talking about like to let that fly, I just don't, I can't do it. I always have a what in my head, like, huh? And that's because you have to be listening to what the people are saying and then understand what their goal is in the interview, whatever they're, everyone has a goal in those interviews, right? To get through. And mm -hmm. all she wanted to do was get through the word hostages, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That's, and, and without it being challenged. And to me, that was, I mean, that was heinous on her part. Mm -hmm. and, and well, it, to your and, point, Welker clearly was not thinking this could be my last interview with her. They, they I don't know. Want, they I don't want know. I, maybe she missed it. Maybe mm. she missed it. I don't know. But if you're, you cannot, and especially in these high stakes interviews like that, you cannot let things fly. Right. You have to at least put a, put a, like what? Mm -hmm. I, I say what a lot, like, mm -hmm. excuse me. And I think it unnerves people. I think it's actually, and I actually mean it. I'm like, I'm sorry. It's kind of a version of what did you just say? Sorry, mm -hmm. I don't, what, that's wrong. Like, and I don't think one of the problems with interviews now is instead of doing that, people are, people are fact checking. I don't think that works as well either. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it's a, he said, she said kind of thing. I think when you go into these interviews, you have to have an absolute sense of here are the facts. And I often have a paper like, no, actually here. Right. 
And unfortunately today, people, even if you say, look here, someone like Donald Trump will say, yeah, no, that's not true. It doesn't matter. You're talking to a, right. you know, a refusal to acknowledge actual facts. And then, mm -hmm. then you're in a whole different territory. It's, well, you cite, in the book, you cite in the book that you've been referred to as Silicon Valley's most feared and well-liked journalists. And, no, no, uh, I didn't cite that. It was a headline I didn't like, but go ahead. Oh, go but, ahead. But, but that, regardless, that's not an easy thing to pull off, is it? To be I, feared and I also and don't think liked. it's true. I don't think it's true. I, 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 when I did it, I saw why they did it for selling the story. You know, I love headline writers and it was a good one. It was a good one. I don't think people are actually scared of me. I think idiots are scared of me. I think smart people are, have no You don't fear think? Me. I mean, like, you're, you're a tough interviewer. Why wouldn't they be scared? Of yeah, but what am I going to do to them? Just talk to them? Like, I'm going to murder You're going to ask them for an honest words? answer. That terrifies well, these people. is that scary? Why? To why? them. Why? Why? Are they going to die from it? Like, I don't know. Like, fear is, for me, fear is a real thing. Like, mm -hmm. someone the other day said, what are you scared of? I'm like, scary things. Otherwise, nothing. Like, I don't know what to tell you. I guess watching True Detective with my eyes open. Um, <laughs> why are you going in that room? Why? Why, why are you doing that? Um, I think... Um, I don't think I'm scary. I don't. I just don't. I'm sorry. I, if you think I'm scary, you should meet some scary people. Um, the second part is I don't think uh, I'm that well liked or disliked. I don't. I don't think it matters. You know. Mm. Okay. I'm not your friend. Like, what do you care? I don't care if you like me. I care if my children like me. Um, but so I guess I mean what I think that's saying is people are surprised that I'm quite friendly and. Um, polite to people mm -hmm. right i'm not i'm not snarky i'm certainly well, i think what snarky. it says to me when i see something like that is that you're just a professional because that's, that's your job correct. your job is yeah. to i mean they're, they're, i guess the, i i would agree that it's like a pejorative use of those words like fear is probably not the right word it's just people need to be on their well, toes used, when they when they it, talk it, to you it's used a little bit and i don't tend to do this that much on women like oh she's likable like what does that mean right like you know remember the hillary clinton she's likable enough wow that was something coming out of barack obama's mouth <laughs> not one of his best no one gave moments him, let me just tell you nobody's given him a hard enough time for that bullshit yeah. um uh but you know likable she's likable like oh thank you i don't really care if you like me or not or she's fear fear is a you don't use that with can you imagine saying that about a man? You just don't. You just And I never do that. I, mm. I, I don't like when people, can you imagine saying about a man? But in that regard, those are very interesting words to use. Well, I also when women it. are strong, they're they're shrill. That's right. You know, so that's there's shrill. the oh, yeah. other end of the, that. you know. Well, that's or, on the back of my unhinged. book. That's on. That's in one of the blurbs of my book. My my I, Instead of blurbs, I have actual phrases people said about me. And uh, Elon said, her voice is so shrill, only dogs can hear her. And him, apparently. <laughs> Um, and, uh, so shrill is a perfect word. I, I, I think these days word. the dogs have turned him off. They're not even listening to yeah. him anymore. No, nobody's listening. So you, you're, yes, they are, your dad died at five and you write in the book, quote, imagine if half your friends died. What, what does mm -hmm. that mean? It's actually, there's a great book uh, by Irving, I think it's Irving Yalom uh, called the, the loss that is forever. Mm -hmm. I recommend it to people whose parents uh, have died, um, uh, at an early age, but you become highly functional. But one of the things that he noted that I hadn't really thought of, it's so obvious, was that um, when, when you're a kid, before you go to school and develop other friendships, your significant friendships, until at least six or seven, really, mm. are your parents. That's it, right? right? Mm -hmm. And it, there's relatives, your grandmother, or stuff like that. But really, your significant relationships are your two parents. And so if one disappears, mm -hmm. it's like half your friend. I, I was trying to make a comparison. Can you imagine if half your friends just died? Like, what would that be like? Yeah, it's an interesting and way to so, think about it. 
Yeah, I thought he's an amazing, he's an, that's an amazing book. And it's, I don't, I, I give him full credit for that. I hadn't thought of that until, until then. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you about the book cover, The Sunglasses with the Fire, very Schwarzenegger. Was that what you were going for? <laughs> I thought it'd be fun. Terminator, was that what you were going for? Yeah, yes, something like that. Mm-hmm. I love Terminator. It's one of my favorite movies. So there's a part in the book where you talk about when you parted ways with Murdoch and uh, News Corp and how you handled their specious behavior. That's, for me, when the photo on the cover started to make sense because in that moment with Murdoch, you were a total badass. And yeah. That photo, it's like, don't fuck with me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's a piece of work. What a piece of work he is. I shall not go on. I do call him Uncle Satan. I think that kind of eclipses is how I feel about him in general. So, in particular. The book starts off talking about the tech summit. Can I just say that about Uncle Satan? The reason oh, sure. I do it is because he's quite avuncular in person. He's quite charming, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's very... He's well, very all uh, those guys are? Like, isn't that... Not part- all of them. No, 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 no. He's really quite charming, except every now and then something racist pops out. Like, mm-hmm. I was at an event with him once, a private event. I won't say what he said, but it was about um, immigrants, and I was sort of... He said something really, like... The whole room was like, oh, my God, did he just say that? It mm-hmm. was interesting. And I was like, what did you just say? And everyone was like, shut up, Kara. Like, let, let Uncle Satan keep going. Um, but uh, I use that because he's very avuncular. Mm-hmm. Avuncular. I use that particular word, uncle, because he's, he's, he seems harmless when mm-hmm. you meet him. But he's not, obviously. So you opened the book with the tech summit, the Trump tech summit, where all the titans of, of technology went to Trump Tower and kissed the ring. And because mm-hmm. this was, I guess, in 2000. Uh, 15 or 16, and uh, you write that the lack of humanity was overwhelming, that you minored mm-hmm. in college in Holocaust studies. Quote, I studied propaganda, mm-hmm. and I could see Trump was an expert at it. I knew exactly mm-hmm. where this was headed. Yep. So many people yep. did know where it was headed, yet we headed there anyway. Yeah, why, that's And true. why did these titans, these tech bros, what was the appeal to them in him? In Trump? Um, well, and still, I don't know if all of them like Trump. I don't know if they like Trump. They like um, they like destruction. They like people who throw things up. They like they like people who are contrarian for the sake of being contrarian. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't recognize this guy is not that. He really is quite a very different little creature, right? Mm-hmm. He's not. I think they love to upset apple carts. Mm-hmm. I think they like to be victims. I think they share that with him. He's mm-hmm. a persistent. Only rich people are this much of a victim, right? Uh, I've been, I've been witch hunt, whatever, whatever nonsense comes out of his mouth every day. Mm -hmm. At at the heart of it is victimization, Mm -hmm. feeling that he's a victim. Mm -hmm. And I call it the grievance industrial complex because they're all have this disease. They have Mm -hmm. this amazing disease where they, um, uh, where they have to say what's been done, how hard the journey is, uh, largely because they're all drama queens on some level, right? Isn't it amazing? People who have just about everything you could possibly have in life still think they're victims. Oh, God, Bill Ackman, just go go with your beautiful (laughs) wife and your wonderful life and stop. Like He just keeps trying to find new ways to throw away money. I'm like, look at Jeff Bezos. He's having a good time with his (laughs) wife. Just go that, go buy yourself a yacht, sir, or something. (laughs) I rent a cab at Harvard. It's like, and also, who the fuck cares about Harvard? Like, I just got another bunch of notes about Harvard. Like, let's stop talking about fucking Harvard. Like, you're all like, 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 really, we have some real problems in this country, and what what's going on at Harvard is is like number 
60,012 Ask the average list. person on the street. What do you care about most yeah, in this country? Like, and Harvard oh, is the first thing God. that comes Harvard. to Harvard. <laughs> oh, liberal professors at Harvard. That's really our biggest problem in this country. Um, oh, God. So Go Washington, on. you Get worked yourself. at the, your, I think your first gig, or one of your first gigs was at the Washington Post. And an editor once told you yeah. after you applied for an internship that you were, quote, too confident. And your response yeah. was, quote, I'm not. I'm not too confident. I'm not. I'm fantastic. I'm not. Or I will be. I am. I was. I will be. I w- you know Self-awareness what? I, that is very me. important, Kara. <laughs> it's very important. I know what I'm good at. This is. I argued this with someone the other day because in an interview they called it uncommon confidence, which again is the, like, what does that mean? Why are those two words together? Why right. can't you just be confident, right? right? Why, why is it uncommon? Mm-hmm. Is we should all be insecure? Not like, is that woman. the goal? For a woman. It, well, for a woman, you're not supposed to say mm-hmm. how great you are, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's, it's untoward. It's not mm-hmm. pretty, but it's fine. Whatever. I'm not looking for a man. So... Um, so in, in, in that, it was really interesting. And I was young and I was like, I'm not saying I'm good at basketball, my friend, like, like my son, as my son always points out, you suck. And I do, I don't say I'm good at things I'm not good at, but I was good at journalism. I was, it was like, I wanted to listen, Andy, I wanted to be an architect and I was terrible at Mm. it. I, everything I designed was ugly, 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 ugly. And so I looked at myself and I said, I'm not good at that. And I did not brag that I was good at it or anything else. I was just moved along because I knew I couldn't be the best. I was good at it and said so. And so one of the things that that I think is important to do is assess yourself correctly, right? I'm good at that. I'm not good at that. I need to improve that. And and if you're good at it, say it. What's What's wrong with it? Like, why is it untoward to say it? And I think, look, men do do it all the time, mm-hmm. right? In, mm-hmm. in, in in loud and quiet ways, but they, they walk through the world like they are good. That's, mm-hmm. that's the beginning point is I'm good. And having raised three sons now, one is just two, but um, you can see it, the confidence with which my sons walk through the world. And it's, it's, it was inbuilt because of the way the world reacts to them, mm-hmm. right? Um, these are very tall, good-looking white men who are smart. Mm-hmm. Like they get, they get to be happy. Right away. Not all of them are, by the way. There's a real mental health crisis among young men going on right now. I think Scott Galloway is correct on this. Um, but they ha- they start from a much better position than other people do. And mm-hmm. they never recognize that m- many of them never recognize they're born on third base and they hit a home run. Right. Mm-hmm. That's how you know, that's the kind of thing I always notice. And so I don't want to guilt my like my sons into it, but I want them to be aware of where they're starting on the mountain. Mm-hmm. Like whether what they're doing is a real achievement. Mm -hmm. And that's all. That's all. And it's not like, look where you are. Okay. Now you know where you are compared to much of the world. And I don't want you to feel that your problems aren't important. I just Mm -hmm. want you to recognize where you're starting from. And so I had the same thing. I'm like, okay, I'm good at this. And Mm -hmm. it seemed to drive a lot of people crazy, largely men, I have to say, but women. Like, don't be so confident. I I remember when I was a kid, don't be so, don't be so confident. I was like, why? Why not? Like, Like, why fuels and, everything. And that's correct. And then they, and then I would say, why shouldn't I be? Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they kind of try to beat it out of you. Like mm-hmm. I, 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 I had so many of those encounters. Or bossy. That's the other word. Bossy. You're bossy. I was like, oh my god. Men just I call love it executive bossy function. women. Bossy. Yeah, bossy. It's like you know, I was. And like, I'll tell you what helped me being a lesbian. They they let they let lesbians. Oh, men love bossy confident. lesbians too. The, the they most. love a bossy. The most. Lesbian. They can't they, get enough. They actually. <laughs> They actually, actually do. Like, I hate to say it, but they're like, oh, what, like, I can like this woman. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, yay. I can mm. get, I get her. But at the same time, which is something that's interesting, I was telling someone this the other day, 
Um, they're like, do you think being a lesbian helped you get along with like tech bros or dudes or whatever, you know, in tech, cause there's a lot of dudes. Right. And I said, you know, something, I, I think it did. I think people feel like they want to get along with a woman. Here's a woman who's like them, likes the ladies, that kind of thing. For some reason, it's so, so ridiculous. And I was at an event and a very good looking woman went by and all these guys were like, Carol, what do you think of her? Like they started talking about it, right? Mm. Like as men do, uh, but I assume among and between themselves. I don't encounter I wouldn't this know any of that. I wouldn't know any of that. And they're like, Carol, what do you think? And I was like, I looked at them, I go, still a feminist. Sorry. <laughs> I don't talk about women like <laughs> that. I don't answer. discuss boobs. <laughs> and they're like, right. oh yeah, oh yeah, right. Okay, got it. I'm a lesbian, like, not it. a pig, okay? okay? I know exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So uh, this is a great segue into your P two P, which is the prick to productivity yeah. ratio. Explain. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, you I like love that? it. Yeah, I love it's that. a scientific thing. I'm going to patent it and sell it on uh, on cable late at night. It's a great way to um, assess these people. It's yeah, simple. it is. It's I, I was I was really um, I was I I just was like, how do I look at people? And I do think productivity is important. Right. What what did they make that was substantive in my this is my estimation. You mm -hmm. can, everyone can have their own estimations. Mm -hmm. Did they did make things that were really significant and how much predictionist did it take to get there? Mm -hmm. Right. And there's often a level of, as you know, not just in tech, but in finance of any Hollywood. You know, is the prick too far? Is the prick too much? And is it a toxic prick or is it just someone who yells at people? You know what I mean? Which is toxic. But come on, like mm -hmm. it happens. Um and so I, I, uh, uh, it, it was really, it was really a good way to just assess. And I'd always, I'd go, okay, Steve Jobs, he yells at people, he parks and handicapped things. Sometimes he can be disingenuous, you know, okay, but look at this, what did he make? Mm -hmm. And so I would just do that. And, you know, if someone crossed the prick ratio and it was cruel and nasty, that's mm -hmm. where they lost it for me. They mm -hmm. got, they went off the chart essentially. Mm -hmm. It doesn't count. Um, but in some cases, I'm like, all right, okay, they also did this, they did this, they did this. And so I would just be like, how much can I tolerate right here in, in this thing? And I just thought it was funny. It just, I, I would do it all the time, mm -hmm. you know. You gave Jobs an 8 slash 10. Yeah, and you gave Ga yeah. Bill Gates I, seven... I move it up, actually, now, compared to the people now. Oh, yeah. I mean, Elon's thrown off the entire grade curve. Yeah, you said now, he's so. like, quote, he utterly Infinity. broke my ratio. To he 11, did. 12, was, infinity and beyond. Infinity, That's pretty high. Beyond, yeah. Well, he's a real prick, so I don't know what to tell <laughs> you. Should, you, should, you should like do an, an annual award. Yes, the prick is The prick. PTP uh, awards, and he, he, he just he give him like for, yeah, see, lifetime achievement. He would get the yeah, lifetime achievement yeah. uh, right up there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, right, yeah. Uh, He'd so, probably show up, wouldn't he? He would show up. He would, and he would think it. He would think it's a compliment to get that award. He does. He said that was a compliment. He said. World. He said in recent last tweet he did about me. He said my heart was seething with hate. I was like, what? Oh my god, you egomaniac! How ridiculous! <laughs> like, it was so. so um, but he, he saw it as a compliment. My hate. Yeah, you said about the t about tech billionaires. When people get really rich, they seem to attract lesions mm -hmm. of enablers who lick them up and down all day. Many of these billionaires mm -hmm. yes. had then started to yes. think of this fawning as reality, where suddenly everything that comes yeah. out of their mouths is golden. It seems that's like correct. they're all guilty of that, right? Like that's what they're suffering from. Not all of them. No, no, not all of them. No, well, you, you have a chapter called Menches. So you mentioned a couple of people Menches. like Mark Cuban and Mark mm -hmm. Benioff. But it seems like there's a lot more in the P2P crowd, than the high P2P crowd, than there are I, in the Menches category. I do category. think, I, maybe you have this experience, uh, wealth wealth really warps people. They mm -hmm. do. And it, it, and this is not wealth. I mean, you have, you know, experience in entertainment media. 
this wealth is astonishing. You, this is this is beyond you know rich guy in Hollywood kind of money, right? Mm-hmm. This is this is this is obscene amounts. Don't of count money, my billions, Kara. Right? <laughs> you, you know what I mean? But yeah, I do. When you get into these levels, it's crazy. It's mm-hmm. crazy how rich they are and what they can do and the power that it brings sure. with it. And so, and it also attracts a certain type of person that sucks, you know, licks them. I say sucks. That's also what they do. But they lick them up and down all day. And they imagine that being the way it is. Right. And I think, um, I used an example. I did the podcast for Succession, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. And I... Um, I, one of the things, and I asked Jesse, who who created the show about this, because I was really struck by the by the design of the rooms these people were in, and mm-hmm. how they how they went over the course of the four seasons, or four or five seasons, whatever it was, they it got progressively smaller and smaller. These little environments and more more antiseptic, more insular, and everything mm-hmm. else. And the last scene of the show, you got to watch it because it's really interesting. Tom and Shiv get in the car. They mm-hmm. go from the sure. room upstairs, the boardroom, mm-hmm. to the car. But they're all enclosed, right? They're in their comfort, mm-hmm. comfortable, beautiful leather cashmere things. Every or you're by yourself, like um, what you call it is the the son. The, oh, I'm the oldest boy. Um, he, he's by himself. Um, everyone else is enclosed, or the, the only other person is the other son who is in a bar with people, mm-hmm. like. These people don't Roman. encounter mm-hmm. people, right. Roman. They mm-hmm. don't encounter people anymore. And so they only encounter people that want something from them or are paid by them. Either mm. either they want um, they want a, a deal if you're an investment banker, and they're never going to tell them the truth because their interests don't lie. The truth is not helpful to their interests. And so that's what I was that's what I was talking about, this enclosed mm-hmm. wealth that it's it's impossible to get the truth. Well, it seems anybody, like, it, 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 especially like in the case of Musk, it kind of makes makes uh-huh. him crazy. Like some seem to handle it, it much better. To. It didn't used to. He loved that. He liked when you had disputatiousness mm. with him. He liked it. And then he didn't because something snapped. He didn't want to hear it anymore because he didn't have to hear it anymore. Mm. And that's okay. It's just, it, I don't think it's particular. I don't think, look, I don't think people should always tell people what they think of them. Mm-hmm. And what I, what I do think is they can, should be able to tell you what you think of them, and then you can agree or disagree, right? But you certainly don't want to... Um, you know, I have lots of people... I just recently had someone who's like, I don't agree, think you. this is what I not what I thought. And I was like, well, that's what I said, and if you didn't hear me, I don't know what to tell you. But I wasn't not listening. I just didn't agree. That's mm, different. Right. I right. think what it is is all they want is people telling them how smart and, you know, oh, you're so huge, like in some version. And how can that be? How can that be? You're a person. And so I think it's really hard uh, for people to, um, w- when you get to that level, to resist it. It's mm-hmm. irresistible. Well, you write in the it's book that you believe it's just a question of time before Musk enters the Howard Hughes phase of his life. So in essence, that's, you're really saying it's it's not going to end well for Elon, is it? Well, he himself has spoken of his some mental health challenges years ago. Mm-hmm. He talked. He'll deny it now, but you can go look at the interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think he's. I think he's. I, I, personally, if I were him, I would seek therapy. You know, but he doesn't want to, so that's fine. Mm-hmm. It's just I think it's. It's. It seems to be out of control a little bit, yeah. right? You can just yeah. see it, and but the thing is, you can actually watch it in real time, mm-hmm. right? You're seeing him. You're seeing his id on display almost every sure. second. Sure, and it's of not the day. getting any. It's not getting some, any better. And at first, by the way, he he was a big prankster and sometimes said things just to cause kind of a problem. And I get that. It's funny. It's mm-hmm. sort of 12-year-old humor. 
Now it's something else. It's manic now. I yeah. find it manic. And yeah. I don't even read him anymore. I don't even read it anymore. I'm yeah. like, oh, what did he say? It's like Trump. It's like, what crazy shit did he pull? Say? Yeah. And you become, well, you, you become inured to it. You, you do. You're desensitized that, to it. Yeah, that's what that's what that mm -hmm. benefits Trump, mm -hmm. by the way. Like he says crazy stuff all day long, but he's been saying it for 20 years. Yeah. So. Well, you write in the book that uh, Scott has said about 15,000 penis jokes to you and you he found has, at least too funny. OK, so yes, to sort of keep I in forgot. that vein, what I'd like to do if yeah. you're up for it uh, is play. You're going to tell me penis jokes no, like I don't I'll, have I want to play fuck, marry, kill with you. Okay. And oh, here are the okay. here are the what candidates. Fuck, marry, kill. Fuck, okay. marry, kill. We're just going to pretend oh, the we're going to ignore the lesbian thing for just a second. The candidates mm -hmm. are Musk, Zuck, and Travis Kalanick. I think I know what you're going to say, but I'm going to let you do it. Oh my God! Kill all of them. No, no. Uh, <laughs> Mary, Mary, Mark Zuckerberg. Mary, Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, Because I think of he's a good, a good husband. Mm -hmm. Oh, good provider. God, I can't even answer those. Other oh, two. come on. I, of course you can. Um. I would, I'm just cringing at the idea of having sex with either of them. I guess Travis. <laughs> like, uh, all right. I, I thought you were going to say, like, all right, Musk is kind of like. Uh, no. Oh, no. I don't even know. I, who knows what's going on there? No. All right. Well, Sorry. we'll leave yeah, it. I don't, I, no. <laughs> we'll he's leave that up really for the. Uh, he's a very tall too. guy. He's a, he's a super tall guy. He's a big guy. He's big. He's just going to be like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Good God. I wouldn't want to kill him either, by the way. Kara, this has been fun, like how always. About, how, about, how about how about how about fuck Mary vaguely injure, injure lightly, <laughs> lightly injure. That's a new. That, you well, might that's, like that. That's definitely a new twist on the game. Uh, you know, vaguely, vaguely, vaguely injure, like uh -huh. slight slap, and some of them might like it. But that's, they might like it. You know, there's you so many. There's so many jokes. Like there's so many jokes. There's so, I know. And so I, little that time. I've turned me into Scott Galloway. How dare you? I, I could say we. Throw a strap on in there, and then boom, there we go. Scott oh, Galloway, penis joke. We're penis out. joke. We're, we're out. out. We're done. <laughs> I have enough of that. We're finished. Anyway. Uh, good luck with everything. The I book. should be offended, but that's what drives people crazy. All the feminists are like, be offended no, by Scott. Sense of humor. Like, if you have a sense of humor, you can't. It's hard to be. Offended. I just can't. I just. So. There's so many problems in the world. I'm not going to be offended by a penis joke. I mean, unless it's really, really vile. But otherwise, whatever. Mm -hmm. All right. The book is out tomorrow, yeah. Burn Book. Good luck with it. Good luck with the tour. It is Thank a you. great read. I highly recommend it. And thanks for coming on. Thank you, Andy. And I hope you'll come I back again it. soon. I shall, anytime. Take care. This episode of The Back Room was edited and produced by me, Andy Ostroy. It was co-edited and co-produced by Maddie Rosenberg and co-produced by Jen Hamoud. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Hollander and our logo was designed by Cricket Langell. And special thanks to Patricia Wind, please take a moment to rate and review the podcast and also follow or subscribe. Until next time, keep your eyes on Washington, Hollywood, and your own backyards, and have a great week.